0: N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash W-T-F. Lock the gate! <makes> <laughs> All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucksters? What's happening? How's everybody doing? Are you okay? This is a little tricky. These, uh, these next couple of shows. Well, this show and Thursday... Were uh, pre-recorded last week because my uh, my business partner and uh, genius producer, Mister uh, Brendan McDonald, is taking a well-deserved vacation. So, uh, so we had to get these in the can. The only reason I'm bringing it up is because of the uh, the Buster kitten arc. The the emergency of his illness is now is now an arc. Uh, things are, are better with Buster, and I'll tell you about that. I do want to t- say this, we have the one thousandth episode uh, coming up. yeah, that's that's a lot. It's like almost a decade. And uh, well, okay, so you know I like to read your emails on the air. So I want to hear any questions you might have uh, as we approach this milestone, a thousand episodes. I you know just email me you know, any questions about any of the thousand episodes of the show or any past guests. Uh, that you want some follow-up on. You can uh, ask me questions personally, uh, questions about what goes on off the mic and behind the scenes or any advice you think I might be able to dispense. I'm willing to give that a shot. If you want to just talk about your relationship with the show, I would just like to hear from you all in all these different ways, in any way you want. I'm inviting you uh, to, uh, to go ahead and send that. Send these things to me at uh, wTfpod at gmail.com. And if you could get us the questions by the end of the month, that would be good. Anything you want to know, anything you want to say, anything I can maybe tell you. Just anything as we head into this big show, the thousandth show. So did I mention that Mandy Moore is here today? What a charming woman. She came with cookies. She came with fucking cookies. And, you know, I'm a little... Uh, I've been a little crazy with the diet. and I, It's funny. She brought a box of cookies. I didn't even realize what they were. I just kind of was like, oh, my God. Well, fuck. Yeah, why? But thank you. And then I, after she left, I realized they were Amara cookies, which are healthier. And I put them in the freezer. And I uh, got to be honest with you, it, I, I had Mandy more on, like... It's been a couple weeks. And I only ate uh, two of them. And they and just... You know, not even the day of. I put them in the freezer, as I said, and then what you do is you stick them in the warming oven. Just put an oven, like the little oven, on warm. Put them in there for five minutes, and it's like they're fresh out of the oven. And I ate those fuckers. The weird thing is that I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm eating so clean. I ate one cookie the next day. I felt like I had four beers. I I was hungover. Is that is that a thing that happens? Kind of fucked me up a little bit, a little bit. So. Buster Kitten, as you know, the last you heard, unless you're on Twitter, you you know, he was in the hospital and it was not looking great. He had the kidney failure. And then I ended up getting an ultrasound and then I ended up getting a cancer test. The day of both of those things, his numbers had come down a lot. But the vet that I went to, she was like, "Um, yeah, these numbers, they came down, but don't get excited. Uh, It's probably just the fluids. I don't know. So we did these other tests, but it just like was just a bummer. And I was going to leave him there for two, two more nights because I don't give a fuck about money, apparently, because I love this little cat and I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. I don't have debt and I'm not a big spender. So we're going to save little fucking buster if we can. That's the way this is going to work. So the next day, just, you know, I locked into this idea that she was just basically telling me that there's no hope for this cat. And I and I thought I had been in denial yeah, I was in one of the stages of grief, so that you know the day, the morning of the ultrasound, and and ultimately the uh, genetic cancer test, she calls and she's like, um, "These numbers are they're almost normal now." I don't know, and I'm like, "Well, what do you mean? Like, I don't know. Uh, they're they're almost normal. We're gonna let him out today, and he doesn't have cancer." So I brought him home. I went down there. I picked him up. I brought him home. I've got kidney food for him. And I've got um, subcutaneous fluids. I have to uh, skin pop my cat. I gotta I gotta shoot up my cat in the morning. I gotta get, a, get him a, an IV drip going into him for a little bit of water, fluids. So that was a new experience. See, we're learning new things. I, I can, you know, it's funny when you have to do something you've never done like that before and you gotta stick a needle into a cat and sit there with it while this fluid drips in. I had to get in the right mindset. I'm more like it's weird. Uh, what I learn about my brain is that like I I do prepare. You know, I, I may not write things down, but in my mind I'm like, okay, you know, get a plan. How you know you you know how to do this? You were shown how to do this. Just do it. Be confident about it. Uh, be you know be present and do it. And that yeah, and that's sort of like I do that a lot, and I don't really realize it. I don't know if that's preparedness, but but like I got to get myself psyched up. I guess everybody does. Where I'm like. You know, don't doubt yourself. Just do it. Just put the needle in. If if something fucks up, it fucks up. You're not going to kill the cat unless, you know, you do something insanely stupid, like jam it into his skull. So I gave him the fluids, but he's eating like mad because he hasn't eaten in days. And he's 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 very excited and happy and rubbing his head on everything and purring. And again, by the time you hear this, a lot of days will have gone by, but this is what's happening. So this is where you're checking in. And I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully progress will continue. And uh you know that's good news. I really thought he was a goner. I'd really got it into my head that I was going to have to put him down or I was going to bring him home and he was going to be incredibly compromised. Now granted this is only, you know, day 1 of him being home, so we'll see what happens, but yeah, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. So the Buster uh emergency situation has been downgraded now to an arc. <laughs> Fucking but either way, it's it's just interesting with veterinarians and with regular doctors, how much they don't know and, you know, what anyone one animal is going to do, human or non-human. And just that, you know, we, we don't know if it was a toxic thing or infection. But I guess what it isn't, it seems, is chronic renal failure. Not today. Not today. And, you know, what's ironic is that Mandy Moore and myself... We start right at the beginning of our conversation. We're talking about cats and it was two weeks ago. And I was talking about we were talking about dead dying cats. I was talking about, you know, having to deal with the the inevitability of my old cats going. But I was like, but I got this new guy. He's only two and he'll be around for a while. And then fucking ironically, he's still around. But, you know, he's the one who got sick. But he's okay. He's okay As of this recording. Whoo, man. I got to pee is that a i'll just hold it so okay this is uh something you need to know um on a lighter note i uh okay so i've been listening a little bit steely Dan, and we've covered it all right you know some guy said i was going to be cursed and i'm not sure i'm not i'm not sure there wasn't a message in that like as i told you and some of you know, like for years, I was just sort of like Steely Dan annoying people like Steely Dan annoying, you know, just boring, sterile, soulless or whatever. But then a couple of weeks ago, as I talked about here on the podcast, um, I, uh, I I took turn to corner because I heard it in a different way. But then I kind of got like then I was like, I got to listen to all of it. So I listened to all of it. And I like it. And the songs that I remember uh, liking from, you know, just hearing them constantly, I, you know, they, they took a different life uh, in my mind a little bit. But, like, again, I like it. I get it. I like it. Not crazy about it. But here's the fucking problem. It's, it's like, okay, how do I say this? Steely Dan in my head, I believe, is starting to feed on the other music I enjoy in my head. I think it's got a viral component to it. I think it's, it's, it's parasitical. Steely Dan in your head is like a parasite that eats the other music that you like because all of a sudden all the songs that are stuck in my head are Steely Dan songs. And if I want to listen to like, I want to listen to some stooges and I got a Steely Dan song on my head. It's not that I'm going to, to listen to this, to Steely Dan, but I think it's, I think the music that I put in my head already is starting to feed on some of my other feelings about other music. And I got to put a stop to that. I have to get some anti-Dan going. I've got to, there's got to be some sort of um, vaccination. So now I've got to put together a Steely Dan disease vaccination um, song list in order to, to sort of balance my brain and perhaps cleanse it from the viral nature of Steely Dan music. So that said... That was the. This is the the price I'm paying for finally learning how to appreciate Steely Dan at this age. Maybe if I was younger, this tragedy wouldn't have happened. But because I was older and I dumped it all into my head at once, something bad is happening up there. But I think I have the remedy for it. I have I have plenty of music to start pushing back as an antiviral against the Steely Dan fucking earworms that I've unleashed. In my head, oh, I'll be all right. So Mandy Moore was lovely. She was one of these people that came over, and right away I'm like, oh, I am in the presence of a star. She's just got that charisma where you're kind of like, I'm sitting across from a special person. Yeah, and she brought cookies. So I don't know, maybe they're connected. But again, uh... We did start talking about cats, and the irony is, is that uh, you know Buster was the the guy I was like, you know, that guy is going to be great, and he he got sick, but he's better. He's better today. Mandy, of course, is on the show. This is us. Uh, it airs Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on NBC you get your podcasts I don't think he lasted that one I think Butch only made it two years but we okay. cut, but it, it, we knew that symptoms like he started walking like really close to the floor and like like fucked up really yeah and so we brought it in got x rayed and the guy told us that he it had a enlarged heart hmm. but it, he said it wasn't gonna live long like you didn't,
1: oh, yeah, see our vet we she had been having some sort of health issues, but it was related to like she didn't like an inflamed colon or something, Ooh. it was like a gastro right. issue, right, and when we took her to like fifty different vets, and she had series after series of tests, yeah. And then the last vet we brought her to, you know, did an x-ray yeah. and said, do you know she has an enlarged heart? It's nothing to worry about. Come back in a year and we'll check on it. But this thing, it's like, it's catastrophic when it happens. It's like someone having a heart attack.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, he just died.
1: She just, well, we brought she her did. into the vet, but I mean, I was sitting in the back with her holding her and I could oh, just tell like, there's, how do you come back shit. from that? I was like, does she, like, I'm not sure <sighs> she'll ever be able to walk again. It was Incredibly traumatic. It's 11 and o'clock the day before we got married. And oh,
0: my God.
1: Sobbing all night.
0: For the cat.
1: For the cat. I mean, you know, it's they're part of your family.
0: You know, it's weird. I've had the two I have are like 15 almost. So I've had oh. the longest relationships I've had with any living thing other yeah. than parents. And uh, they're they're healthy. But I know at some point, I mean, they're 15. Oof. That little guy, Buster, he's like two and something, you know. Two years. He just showed up at the old house.
1: Sure.
0: I used to live in Highland Park. Yeah. Like I lived by, like you're you're married to the Dawes guy? Yeah. What's his name? Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Well, that's nice.
1: Yeah. A rock guy.
0: (laughs) So you know Austin, the amp guy? Oh,
1: yes, I know Austin. Yes, I've met him.
0: Austin lived around the corner from me and he fixed this amp for me. It It took many months for Austin to chase down the buzzes in this amp. And I guess I met Austin... Through Blake, like I'm not oh, a...
1: Oh, through Blake Mills, yeah, Right, but yeah, I'm yeah. not
0: a real, you know, musician guy, but I just happen to meet these guys... Yeah, you are. ...because they come on the show. Yeah, sure. And then Blake's sort of like, no, I got an amp guy. I'm like, no, ah, that's a little high-end for me. You know, I just... And then... <laughs> and But I, I, it's too bad you don't know Austin well, because I don't know if he remembers. Your husband's band uses those projector amps that Austin makes.
1: Sure. You probably know <laughs> way more than I do. <laughs> well,
0: it, it looks like a film projector.
1: Okay, sure. And, yeah, and, yeah.
0: Because it, it's from an old doesn't matter i i for, for <laughs> some reason i have austin's prototype projector amp that he built with his dad i have it still because he told me th- to just hold on to it because he wanted me to try it years ago and then he didn't he wanted me to hold on to it so he wouldn't sell it and i still have it you do i don't know if you remember it doesn't matter.
1: well maybe he'll listen to this and so, <laughs> call you to ask for it i, I
0: never i don't use it <laughs> maybe he will so you're uh, you're married to a rock guy
1: i'm married to a rock guy yeah.
0: The second rock guy. <laughs>
1: the second rock guy. Clearly I'm a glutton for punishment or I have a type.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Well I okay. We don't have to start there. <laughs> I'm trying to uh I thought
1: we'd ease into that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh well t- I tried to get uh caught up on this as us, but I just bounced around a lot. Yeah. And uh I it does um
1: Something tells me it's not your type of show.
0: No, but the thing is, it it could it is kind of <laughs> really. Yeah, because like I like to cry. Uh, I don't necessarily want to uh, to be public about it.
1: Sure, <laughs> I understand.
0: But I found that even jumping around, that uh, it seems like every five minutes in that show you can cry if necessary, if you want to. But it's, it's if you de- feel compelled to. It's designed like that, I think. <gasps> I mean, them.
1: it's designed to like, yeah, tap into the human condition and what makes us tick. So
0: yeah, and
1: at any given moment, I'm starting to cry to just now. Just know. now, just
0: listening the to you talk,
1: tears are just sort of right below <laughs> they, the surface. Are. for me at all times. Are
0: they? Yeah, for you too. I yeah yeah.
1: I feel like the older I get, for sure.
0: What is that? Why are we? <laughs> is it good?
1: <laughs> I'll <laughs> lean into it. Why not?
0: <laughs> just getting choked up all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. what now? You didn't grow up here.
1: I grew up in Florida.
0: Oh, my God. I know. I'm sorry.
1: It's a weird place to grow up. It's a
0: weird place for anything. Yeah. So, how did you get to Florida? Do you start in Florida?
1: Yeah. I was, I, I was actually born in New Hampshire, but both my parents are from Orlando. Oh, like, New, New Hampshire's nice. New Hampshire's beautiful, but I was there for six weeks. And That's my it? parents moved down to they Florida. They just ran
0: away to have you? They didn't want anyone to know, so they <laughs> were in <to> New Hampshire.
1: <laughs> it was too cold for them. Oh, really? They couldn't hack it.
0: So, they moved there and they just left? My dad
1: is a pilot for American Airlines. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Really? I bet you I've been on this plane. I bet you have. I'm I'm very- Captain Moore. I'm I'm going to remember that. Yeah. uh, I'm very loyal to American Airlines. So am I. Yeah. I I have to be. It's like a prerequisite. Well, you probably get a a little bit of a break, I would imagine.
1: Not unless I want to fly standby. Oh. And who has time for that?
0: No, 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 no. no you gotta not, get where you're going. Mandy Moore can't be standing there like watching <laughs> other people that, get it's on. Not that
1: it's just. Gotta <laughs> you you oh, get no, where I'll, you're going.
0: I, I understand, but it but would as be a little kids, awkward. oh my
1: God, we flew standby and flew first class if it yeah. was available. Yeah, it was.
0: You, go, you guys are special. We, we well, what felt if you, special. Well, what if what if your dad's actually flying the plane? Could, I've you,
1: never flown on the plane with my dad before.
0: You never did the cockpit thing. Mm-mm. How could you pass up? He never offered.
1: Just when we were growing up, he flew a lot to like South and Latin America. and There was really no need for us to go on like any family vacations. Down you weren't there. a drug
0: mule back when you were. A kid.
1: <laughs> Not as a child, no. <laughs> um, but now he flies mostly to London and Tokyo. So, LA.
0: did he start in the Air Force?
1: No, he was just a civilian pilot always.
0: Wow, mm-hmm. that's a. I, I think that's a pretty. Uh, it's, there's something unique and special about that job. There, there are yeah. these, there are these weird. Kind of, uh, they're national heroes that aren't identified with an ideology. There's something heroic <laughs> about just being a commercial air pilot, where you are like, you know, yes, sir. But it's not. I will
1: pass that on to him. Yeah, oh, he's so happy to hear that. But
0: it's not tied to like it's like uh, they get it's. They easy. have no
1: affiliation, right? Yeah, right. Absolutely. So there's
0: no reason to hate commercial air pilots or <laughs> or be judgmental of their cause. Sure. They're just trying to get people there safely. Yeah. Yeah. No. I tell them, thanks.
1: I I will. I
0: don't. know. <laughs> Thanks for his service. <laughs> what does your mom do?
1: My mom was just mom.
0: Yeah? Do you yeah. got brothers and sisters? I
1: have an older and a younger brother. How are they doing? They're good. Yeah? They're out here.
0: Oh, yeah? yeah. Trying their hand at the thing?
1: Behind the scenes.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah? Like gaffing or what? <laughs> in, ADing? In,
1: in production coordination, actually. Oh. Yeah.
0: Well, that's, uh, that's the grunts on the ground. They're run- the grunts I'm on the ground. I'm sorry. Grounds. I just watched a Vietnam episode. so my. Uh,
1: Wait. Are you watching the uh, the um, Ken Burns
0: well, I already watched that. Oh, no, I'm oh you were watching this the us. "This
1: Is Us." Th- oh, yeah. I was God. just in
0: Vietnam earlier today. Oh,
1: good gracious! Yeah,
0: so I'm using the word "grunts," and you know, kind of you know, there's the a lot of military things yeah, absolutely. going. Absolutely. Just, I just declared your father a national hero for being a commercial <laughs> air pilot. So, like, tell me about surviving Florida, because look, I, I, my mother's down there. You know, I have grown to appreciate Florida more, but it's it's a freak show, and I don't know about it that far down. Like, I uh, don't either. Orlando. I
1: try to know as little as possible. Wait, was she? She's in northern Florida or no? Southern Wait, I
0: don't Florida. know. So I don't know. I now I don't know Florida. We're, we're in the she,
1: central part of the state.
0: Right? No, she's down by. She's in Hollywood. No, she's Got not it. up in Tallahassee. Yeah. My Jewish mom, <laughs> ja- Jacksonville, just, <laughs> just like make and do in Jacksonville. She decided to retire to Jacksonville, Florida.
1: <laughs> um, Florida's odd. I always tell people like any bizarre story always has some Florida connection. Yeah. But I mean, I grew up in a very, I grew up like 20 minutes north of Orlando. So just a very boring, normal suburban yeah. childhood.
0: Is that by the um, The parks? Yeah.
1: Mm, like it's even about 40 minutes north of that.
0: Wow. Yeah. Did you see the, uh, did you see that movie? Which the, one? Uh, uh, oh, the Florida Project? Yeah.
1: I didn't. I know Oof. everyone told me I needed to rough. see it. A little
0: rough. You didn't watch it? No. I have to do that.
1: (laughs) All
0: right, so you're just in Florida. You got an older and younger brother. Yes. They're out here doing what, production work, you Mm -hmm. said? Yep. And you get along with them? I do. They're at the house occasionally? Yeah. Do they like Dawes?
1: (laughs) They do like Dawes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do they like Dawes more than they like uh, Ryan Adams?
1: (laughs) Everyone does, yeah. (laughs) Everyone in my life.
0: (laughs) Uh, But how do you, uh, like, what is it? Because... That era that you came up in, in terms of how you know, in what you came up in the singing thing, how does that start? You know, in Florida, how do you become a pop I mean, sensation just by from... chance? Really?
1: I, yeah, I was like a a dorky theater kid. I
0: well, in high school or before? No,
1: no, as like a kid, like eight, nine, ten. So
0: you'd go, you'd do plays, mm-hmm. in... like
1: local community theater. Oh yeah, yeah. And I love, like, no one in my family sings or yeah. acts or is remotely artistic at all. I don't know where it came from.
0: You just needed it.
1: I needed it. I did. (laughs) I did. Like so much so that the Orlando Sentinel, the local paper, every Friday would have an audition hotline. Yeah. With all of the auditions coming up the next week. And I would listen every Friday before school and see if there was anything for anyone my age, like all across town. Really? And my parents were so wonderful because they would schlep me yeah. from audition to audition, like, you know, far out, like yeah. outside of our our little area.
0: Were there ever situations where you'd be going to an audition and your mom would be like, I don't know about this place?
1: Kind of. <laughs> it's an hour away, Mandy. This, it's this,
0: too far. This doesn't seem like a real theater operation. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? No, no, we're not going here.
1: But I did a ton of that until... Um, I went to an Orlando Magic game and saw a little girl my age sing the National Anthem. How old are we talking? 12. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that was even in the realm of possibility.
0: That that was a, a career trajectory? That, that was, was an a career option. trajectory, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: for a 12-year-old. I can sing the National so Anthem at a
0: sentinel. I game. begged
1: my parents yeah. to um, to put me on tape and send in like an audition to the Magic, and they did, and I got chosen. And from there, I sang for the, the Magic game, and then... I don't know, I got sort of put into some sort of national cool. anthem circuit mm-hmm. where I then sang for every other sports team that played in that same arena. So right. I played for the, I, I sang for the Jackals, which I think was the arena football team.
0: So you were the anthem, the anthem kid. I was the
1: little anthem kid. <laughs> I was singing. I remember I was 13. I was yeah. singing at the yeah, ice I mean. hockey game. And my dad was sitting in like the goalie box or whatever, the penalty box. Yeah. And I'm walking back after I sang, I had my little pitch pipe yeah. and these two guys, like bizarre men, mm. beckon me over and my in dad's Florida? with me in Florida, in yeah. Orlando. And they asked me if I've ever um, recorded in a recording studio before.
0: Two guys. Two guys. Uh-huh.
1: And, and they say, we'd love to like, we have some songs that we've written and we'd love to have you sing them to a young eventually- guys. Mm, yeah, like in their yeah, 30s. Yeah, right, right. Um, and my parents were like, if you want to do that, if you want to spend some of your own money that you've made, like doing national commercials. Yeah, the, then... uh,
0: do the commercials and the anthem gig. Yeah. You did some national commercials too? I did,
1: I did. I did a Kmart commercial.
0: Oh. And a
1: bunch of stuff for like the theme parks. Nothing super big.
0: Nationals? Mm-hmm. So you're making some money. I mean, not a ton of money, but. Kmart, yeah. yeah.
1: But enough to go sustain myself recording in some. Yeah, bizarre studio on the outskirts of Orlando.
0: Oh yeah, so how did so your parents? So then, said, so okay. I'm in,
1: my parents said okay. I'm in the studio recording.
0: Would they drive you over there? Are they sitting there with you. Yeah, I mean, you're they're 12. there with All me. Right. Mom
1: and dad are there the with whole the time. With the weird
0: guys. With the weird
1: guys. Yeah. I know. It's looking back now, it's so sketchy. At but the time, it was like, this is how this happens. Business. It, it, it kind of is, is, though. Kind of. I well,
0: mean, the record industry is not known for its, like, you know, uh, upstanding. decency. Yeah. Upstanding, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I'm in the studio, and this guy who works for FedEx has a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend who's the head of urban a as they called it, at Epic Records in New York. That's big. Yeah. And the this FedEx-ka. guy, this FedEx guy somehow maneuvers it up the chain, and it gets to this this gentleman in New York,
0: just out of out of his uh, the appreci- goodness
1: of his heart. I'd, I mean, clearly, I'm sure there was um, he was looking to like be a talent scout or you know get out find a new gig for himself. Did, did
0: you give him a Christmas present? <laughs> they,
1: they they definitely <laughs> took care of him. Okay, <laughs> um, and uh, this this guy flew down to Orlando from Epic Records and A&R guy, A&R guy, and yeah. I sang a song from a musical for him.
0: Which musical?
1: Once Upon a Mattress. Ah. I don't even, I, I just knew this one song from the show.
0: And he belted it I out. I
1: belted it out for him. I was 14 at the time. Yeah. I had just started my freshman year of high school. Yeah. And he, I, I don't know how, but like heard something he liked. And I signed with him and I left school just after Christmas break. and, and As, started as making a freshman? My first, as a freshman.
0: And you went to New York?
1: I went to New York and started making my first record.
0: Uh, yeah, the what's it called? The uh, so real. You were so, I so real. I was so real. It was deep sh- stuff. Deep man.
1: shit at <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> this was 1999. I mean, come on.
0: No, I know. Yeah. I know. No, I. I see. But it's sort of fascinating to me that y- you know you you have this fund you know this fundamental talent both as a. a actor and as a a singer
1: that's kind of you to put it that way i don't know if that was really the case
0: no of course it was the case i mean you were running around doing this stuff and you know you you were charming enough to get these gigs you weren't they weren't laughing at you at the national anthem you were you were doing the job or you I wouldn't guess. have gotten the job
1: i guess i guess
0: you weren't some free kid you know sure like, you know.
1: Sure, but, you know, but I think my, you give people the benefit of the doubt when they're 12, 13 years old and yeah. singing Right, the but language. the
0: benefit of the doubt is one thing, but yeah. from a guy to fly down from New York and decide, like, no, nah, this kid. Now, that Epic a and guy, was he, like, old school or just another young 30-something? He
1: was a young guy. He actually, his big claim to fame was he had signed the Backstreet Boys oh. when they were at Jive Records, and he had just moved to Epic, and I think I was one of the first acts that he signed.
0: Now, I uh, uh, unfortunately, I was a, a sort of... Uh, I think a grown man, kind of, <laughs> sure. by the time all this happened. Yeah. So It wasn't your cup of tea? No, yeah. I, mean, I get I get them, a lot of them confused. I missed most things. Yeah, I missed I, I missed almost everything. I don't know why, but sure. I did. But but my question though is that so you go up to New York and you're doing this thing now? Were you just they were obviously someone had an idea of how you fit into the whole?
1: Yeah, this was sort of I was on the cusp of. Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, like they had just come out and were just sort of like racing to the top of. Were the Were you charts. fans of them? I, to be quite honest, I didn't. It was so new, like you know, I was. World. I was my label's answer to those those girls. But and they, so
0: they they decided that though.
1: They decided that I didn't know, so it was hard to even like to be fans of them at that point because they were just sort of like coming and out. And they
0: were like kids too, right? They were kids too. Like 15, 16? They
1: were slightly older than Post- me, like three or four years One of them,
0: me. weren't they musketeers or something, mm-hmm. both of them?
1: They both were.
0: Yeah. Huh. And people
1: assume that I was as well just because of the Orlando connection. Another
0: musketeer. Another musketeer. <laughs> they found her at the park <laughs> and down there. Disney's just churning them out. Yep. So you, you just like singing the songs. You weren't writing the songs. They were writing yeah. the songs for you, but mm-hmm. they, they, they wanted you to be this sort of cute, sexualized- you, you I know, think the difference
1: between myself and and my contemporaries, I guess, is honestly, yeah. I never had someone telling me that I needed to. Like, no one made decisions for me. Uh-huh. No one tried to hypersexualize my image or yeah. even the music that I was singing. I mean, obviously, at that point in time, I had probably like. French kissed a boy but I hadn't done anything else I certainly didn't know everything that I was singing about but (laughs) no one like (laughs) no one made me dress in a way that made me feel uncomfortable like I I still felt very much in control of the image that I was projecting the way I answered questions like
0: right so if they suggested something you would be like okay but in the sense that like, did like did you choose your clothes? And yep. I, but they presented it to you. Mm-hmm. Right, right.
1: I mean, there was like a stylist there with a rack of clothes yeah, in yeah. the same way that that sort sure. of exists sure. today. But yeah. I still felt very much in control of making my own decisions.
0: And that first album had like one hit? It did. Candy. Candy. Yeah. yeah. And then and what happens when that happens? So you're 15. Now that people that are like, you know, going crazy for candy are little girls. Yeah.
1: Mostly so, little girls.
0: Okay, so girls now my you age, right younger, and they're all excited. Mm-hmm. So they when they see you on the street, they're excited and they're.
1: I don't know if I had that sort of recognition. Did you have
0: a video presence? Yes. It, yeah. Yeah.
1: I was still in the heyday of, of MTV, and and very quickly, ac- actually, the the record came out in '99. Yeah. Um, and that same year, at the end of the year, I signed a contract with MTV to become an MTV VJ. So I was also on the channel. As a VJ, like helping TRL when Carson wasn't there and... I mean, Carson Daly? Carson Daly. I that mean, it was guy, like a completely different
0: world. He just never, like, he never really changes much and he never goes away. It's just sort <laughs> he's of like- still
1: out there doing yeah, his you're thing. Yeah, you just,
0: you turn a TV on and you're like, is that Carson Daly? Yeah. What time is it? It's 2.30 in the morning. He's got a show at 2.30 in the morning. Now he's on, what, the Today Show? Or he's on the Today it?
1: Show. I know. I, I He finally landed
0: in, more, in daytime. Yeah,
1: I know. At, but then I think he still has his own show, like you said, at 2 in the morning as well.
0: But that show, like, I did it once and he wasn't even there. I remember like they used to do these record these out of studio interviews. It was a time where they'd sort of fold stuff in it was it was his really late show. It wasn't the one where he was just doing a straight up talk show. Uh-huh. There were segments yeah and I knew I was gonna be on the Carson Daly Show, but like someone interviewed me in a bar or something. Wow and then it just showed up there. I'm like, I don't get to meet Carson. How is this that?
1: It's only so much time in the day for him Mark So
0: yeah, that's true <laughs> so you're he's on MTV at that time. yes. And who are the other cats on MTV? It's you and
1: oh gosh, Dave Holmes and mm. um, I believe Ananda was another. Tyrese was a was a VJ at one point. Oh yeah, was I it, mean it was
0: was he in Baby Boy? Was that yes? God, God yes. damn, I love that movie.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen that movie.
0: Oh, you gotta watch that movie. Huh. It's a great movie. Okay. It's uh, it's Singleton. You know, it's Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Boys in the Hood guy. Yeah. I love that movie. So it's you guys. You're all VJs. You're, yeah. There's I mean- like, at that point, there's like, what? Twelve videos in rotation, or it's more than that. Probably
1: okay. more than that. <laughs> yeah, but it was back like during the heyday of MTV too, where they had like MTV Spring Break, MTV like Snowden, we were yeah. in Big Bear, and
0: like John Stewart used to host Spring Break. And really,
1: he, he did. Oh, once. That was before my time.
0: I, I was. That was my of,
1: only Spring Break experience. So oh, uh, by the way, and yeah. as a fifteen and sixteen year old with like drunk yeah. college guys leering at you <sighs> yeah not a mm, not a good scene. That's
0: a that's a part of America that never changes. Never drunk college guys leering at girls. <laughs> teenage yeah, girls, teenage yeah, teenage girls. But but what? But did you ever have to? At that time, were you just excited? Were you just happy yeah. to be part of it? And
1: absolutely. And
0: was there a, com- a competitive nature between you and?
1: Not at all. I mean, first of all, they had such tremendous success. Yeah comparatively, I was, I'm I'm sure they didn't even know my name. They probably didn't even know I existed. So
0: did you feel shitty?
1: No, not at all. I felt, and I still feel like incredibly grateful to have had those opportunities. And I mean, here I am at 34, still having some semblance of a career thanks to that. So no. And I always knew like, look, I am not Performer like they are. Did you they stop gone...
0: aging at some point? Did you just stop? I mean, like, you're, Me? I, yeah, like, I mean, you're 34, but I feel like I've known about you my entire life and you're just, I'm getting older and you're staying the same. <laughs> How
1: does that happen? I don't know. No, no, <laughs> that's, like 34. that's certainly not the case. But, I mean, I've been doing this since I was 16, that's 15, it. so it's, it's pretty mind blowing, but,
0: but so were you at MTV personality when you did the second record? Yes. So it was all tied together. like, and you you never felt any weirdness from the record, like you it didn't get ugly?
1: No. in what way? What do you mean?
0: It just feels like there would be a lot of pressure. Like you know you're like this like I, it's hard for me not to see um, younger people who get involved in the record business as products and being pushed a certain way.
1: I mean, I suppose there was some of that going on, but I didn't feel wholly aware of it. You were it. just excited. I was so excited for the opportunity, and it was so overwhelming in a way yeah. that I just kept taking it day by day and not trying to look at, like, the bigger picture of it all. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what I was doing. Right. So there was no... And you know, being a young person, it's yeah. like to have all of that on my plate now mm. would, comple- would give me anxiety. It would freak me out. Right. But as a young person, I was just like... I'd go open up for the Backstreet Boys in front of like 20,000 people and all these glow sticks and s- just the roar of the crowd and I wouldn't think anything of it now no. I would have I would shit my pants like you know I <laughs> yeah. couldn't do it
0: you were just sort of locked in
1: I was so locked and in. it's time
0: to go out and yeah. sing yeah
1: yeah and I had my backup dancers yeah I didn't know what I was doing but I just like I was in it were I was so present ish trying to
0: really you, the record not... label
1: noticed really early on like okay so she's not a dancer <laughs> it's just, it's just not... i did one music video the candy video where i'm like trying to dance and Uh-oh. it's horrendous oh, and i no. think after that they realized like not a strong suit. you should just sing <laughs> just like hold the microphone stand
0: oh so that's sing. why you're like you're not like like uh, yeah britney i wasn't or... britney
1: or christina they yeah, were no. they were real performers in, in every sense of the word so but the
0: backstreet boys those are the boston guys right
1: um, that's New Kids on the Block.
0: Oh, damn it! Were they they were earlier?
1: They were an earlier incarnation of the boy band, yes.
0: Oh, so the Backstreet Boys. Backstreet
1: Boys in sync. They came after them. Then
0: they aren't they trying to come back or something? Backstreet's
1: still. I think they're, they're like in Vegas it? doing a residency or something. Yeah. They're still doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is that good or?
1: Why not? <laughs> I guess so. Right?
0: Uh, yeah. I did, uh, don't you wonder who goes? Are they? The, are they the teenage girls that were that are there? all grown up now? Yeah. Yeah. They're in their what they probably forties. Yeah, 30s. but
1: I feel like. I have the same fan base in a way, or at least like young women that were that sort of like grew up with me. Well, no, that are for now sure. like young moms and stuff. For sure, I guess there's sort of that nostalgia quotient too for. For people with those kinds of bands, But you don't,
0: do you? Well, yeah, I I think for any band. Mm -hmm. Like, I I think that any band that made an impact on somebody when they were like 13 or 14, it's it's lodged in there. Yeah. And you kind of want to go back. Because it seems like as you get older, there's some party that's always yearning to sort of like, I wonder, you know, if I can, you know. Tap back into that. Yeah, yeah. get in touch with that person. What happened to that person? (laughs) Um, But you don't, but you're not doing no nostalgia shows, do you?
1: No, no, no. I haven't done music in a while. I'm getting right. back to it, though.
0: Are you? Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: We did, we did, hmm. you, did, you did a little of that. <laughs> where you got a band? Do you know any musicians?
1: Just a few. <laughs>
0: But you sang on the show. I yeah.
1: do. I sing on the show.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's part of, that's a backstory of your life in the show, too.
1: Which d- was unknown to me when I auditioned. I Did think they it... know, though?
0: I always wonder how much they know when they start writing these shows, because I've been on a couple, and, and the ones I'm on, they don't, I don't I don't get the sense that they know from season to season what the next season's going to look like, but... I, Something like This Is Us looks like they've got it mapped they out have for the it, he, ha,
1: he absolutely has it mapped out until the end. I think once I got the part, yeah. he decided to sort of add that into her backstory because we had worked together on that Disney movie, Tangled, Dan uh-huh. Fogelman, who created this You're Rapunzel. Us. I'm Rapunzel. <laughs> and so he knew that I sang because of that, that film mm-hmm. and that experience together. So I think that maybe factored in
0: yeah. for the backstory. He, he knew that you were a singer? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> he knew I could carry a tune-ish.
0: So okay, so now you do the second record. Yes. Any hits?
1: Yeah, there was uh, there was a song called "I Want to Be with You" that was in sort of a teen dance romantic movie called yeah. Center Stage, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And that was that was a moderate, mediocre sort of hit. It's a beautiful song, yeah, and I loved it, and I felt way more connected to the style and the fact that it felt like a little bit more organic and there was no need for me to even try to dance to a song like that. So um, I really, I enjoyed putting that record out.
0: It did have some snappy kind of uh, Middle Eastern grooves.
1: Oh yeah, yeah it did, it did. That (laughs) was not my choice, that was a record label push.
0: I, I listened to some of it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it. Doesn't really stand the test of time. Of course, it as does. It were. What do you mm. mean? What's the
0: test of time? I mean, you can still go like, oh yeah,
1: this is fun. I <laughs> this mean, is wait, so two thousand and one.
0: Well, yeah, but it's, I mean, it's still like you know, you can dance to it and it's happy music. I mean, I don't think anyone. Would, I, you know, I don't, look,
1: I don't, I don't begrudge it. I don't begrudge like the opportunities that it brought me. But yeah. I can't say that I feel truly connected to any of that because I didn't have any real say creatively in the music. Like I was always allowed to be myself. Yeah. When it came to making those decisions, but musically, that's when you have the whole conglomerate of an entire machine of a record label behind you. Right, they
0: know what's selling, they know what the kid's like, they know yeah, what or has international market. Sure,
1: or they're trying to sort of do something that's a little off the beaten path and mm. and start a trend themselves. And they're like, go down to Miami and work with yeah. Emilio Estevon or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay. like, yeah. Yeah. Here's what
0: you do, they're going to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and there's all kinds of drums behind you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: Here's what the demo singer is yeah. doing. Copy her. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you do it. And you do it. When did you get the first uh, acting gig as a grown or kind you know? of
1: right around that time. Um. When I was sixteen, I uh, auditioned for the Gary Marshall movie, The Princess Diaries.
0: That was a big movie. It was a
1: big movie. That
0: was like uh, the Little Girls again. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, it was. It was Anne Hathaway.
0: I love her. Julie
1: Andrews. Yeah, she's amazing.
0: Do you know that I love her though? Do you? Yeah, I do. You love love her? I kind of do.
1: She has that effect on people.
0: But then, like, I very impressive. Well, I interviewed her, and and I kept it together. Good going. Thank you. So it's you and Anne Hathaway. I'm sorry. Did and that... Julie Andrews. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You Julie got to work Andrews. with Julie Andrews. I did.
0: But there was no singing in that movie, was there?
1: Um, Not for me. I, a little bit for me.
0: Was it fun working with Julie Andrews?
1: I mean, I didn't really get to work with her, but I was around her on set oh. a couple times. Well, that's but something. I mean, yeah. She is, she's Mary Poppins.
0: So, but that was uh, uh, elevated your recognition factor, I'd imagine. I guess
1: so. It was like my first experience in a really professional setting dipping my toe into the acting world yeah. and I realized that I really loved it. Yeah. And um I sort of started putting myself out there and auditioning for other roles yeah. and and then the next thing that came up was uh, my next gig, I guess, was a walk to remember. And that was sort of the the biggest one.
0: Yeah. To date. And who is in that?
1: um an actor by the name of shane west was, to
0: date that was your biggest movie in kind terms of, yeah. of it, and how it did you mean um, or in terms of I what i think
1: sort of the the relevance you had a lead. of the film right like besides this is us yeah. it's the thing that people mention most to me in no my day-to-day life and out there in the world
0: oh well now i've got it i didn't i have to watch no, it no you don't i like peter Coyote.
1: Peter Coyote played my father. Yeah. it's it's a a sort of weepy teen romance movie. It's Do you, not. Does anyone not die not for at the you. end? Yeah.
0: yeah. Are you serious? Spoiler alert. Yeah. Do you? I die. You die at the end of. I die at the end. See now I'm sad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my whole career is just based on making people cry. I've realized it comes full circle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's heavy. That's all though. I'm good for. So that's like love story for teenagers.
1: It kind of was. Yeah.
0: What'd you die of? Leukemia. That is love story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so that's what people remember because it that's like what
1: people remember. It fucked
0: their little teenage brains. Yeah, they they you introduced them to grief.
1: Yeah, I did <laughs> <laughs> their <laughs> first experience crying in a movie theater. It was
0: you. It was me. Oh, Sorry. but like grown ladies come up to you and you're like, you know, that movie was really- still.
1: Oh. Yeah, it's I mean I'm I'm so flattered to be a part of something that still has that sort of resonance with people.
0: Well, it's never going to Yeah, it's it's down in there. It's down but now there. but now with this is us, it's like every week you have that resonance with people. I
1: guess. I hope. You don't
0: you don't die. In this no, time. no. Okay. Good.
1: That would be my husband. Yeah.
0: Well, he's already dead, right? Yeah. How did he die?
1: He dies of a heart attack from smoke inhalation.
0: Oh, right, cuz he ran in to save the dog. Yeah. Right. I heard. I got some I I was told you got some, some insider
1: information my
0: girlfriend's a, a secret fan of the show <gasps> really yeah and she like uh, she I don't know why like people there are certain types of people that I have for some reason don't want to cop to you know, <laughs> I to, understand I don't really I mean it's like why not you know what I mean it's it's everyone likes it because for a reason
1: yeah
0: doesn't mean it's bad it's not like a comedy it's In like no a,
1: way I'm really proud of it you should be yeah Like didn't you
0: get involved in some Twitter mistake I made with the the, with the big guy on the show who?
1: Oh, Chris Sullivan You, like, mistook him for, for someone else. He was, I like, mistake. so excited that you maybe recognized him.
0: Well, I felt bad because the other dude, too, the guy who plays the Manny, what's his name? Uh, Justin. Justin recognized yeah. me at the last SAG Awards, yeah. too. And, like, I because I didn't watch the show, I felt bad. But, you know, he was like, hey. And okay. Like, and, well, now I know. Like, now I can have some... Now you, know, you have a
1: point of reference.
0: I do, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I feel better about it. But, yeah. But that was the De Niro thing where we were yes. both trying to act like we were... Just being casual and <laughs> waiting not waiting for him to
1: finish his conversation. It was
0: ridiculous.
1: That's what you do with those shows, though. I mean, it is your opportunity to go up and talk to people that you're a of. But you've been
0: an actor forever. I've just been a guy that some people have gone to their he, they, people have come to my house and sat in my garage, and now I'm all of a sudden an actor guy, and it was really odd for me the first. time. I'm of
1: nervous being here.
0: You are. Yeah. Why?
1: cuz i am cuz i listen to your show and i'm i'm I, I never thought that i would be in this seat
0: so you listened to that Ryan Adams?
1: I did. <laughs> I had to, i had to.
0: Just to see if you can if if he was going to say something bad? No,
1: no, no. Uh, I just was curious like what he was going to say.
0: What I get out of him. I did all right for being You did. Yeah. It's hard I've, to wrangle. I've
1: i have no, actually not usually you're the one that talks more than, you know, the person you're interviewing and that wasn't the case there. Excuse
0: me. I, it was, it's
1: your show i mean you're I, entitled I, I, you I should take the i lead. do not
0: think that's always the case so I, you're saying you're
1: you're right it depends but i would say for the most part you talk you're, more than you're chattier guests. than the guests
0: sometimes oh, well, it's a it's a it's a uh,
1: it's a dance it's
0: right a dance it's a like and it's also like it, sometimes you have to yeah but no he just kept going yeah but uh we're not to ryan adams yet we're still oh we're know. not
1: there yet Oh goodness! Okay.
0: What I I think what I'm really curious about is that there is a point where you say like this isn't me, and I you know if I want to be a singer, I have to find me. Mm-hmm. Which album was that?
1: the label let me make a covers record called coverage yeah, I was that's, that's 18 good. yeah yeah and i i got to choose whatever songs i wanted to cover so yeah. i mean i chose Joni mitchell i chose yeah. xtc and yeah. joe jackson and i mean it it was i knew that we were sort of at the end of our our um life together at the label oh, and really? it was really How kind do you know of them that? i owed them one more record oh. and i knew that it wasn't a relationship that was going to continue. Why?
0: Because they weren't happy?
1: Because I wasn't really selling records. Oh. And the fact that they let me, an 18-year-old, make a covers record of songs that yeah. people my age had no idea about <laughs> yeah. kind of indicated, like, it was just sort of their the, a, a last-ditch effort to, like, you know, allow me to sort of fulfill my obligation without any, without the stakes being too high. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And did it sell?
1: It didn't. No. But people... I, I think... I think people liked it, and it served a purpose for me creatively. Yeah. I felt like it was a stepping stone in order for me to get to the place where I am now musically.
0: Yeah. You like know. So you were able, to, by choosing the songs you were able to, that you loved, you were able to inhabit them in your truer, truest self.
1: Yeah. 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 That's a good way of describing it. Right. And Because
0: they mean something to you. They
1: mean something to me. Yeah. and. It was a way to honor music that I felt people my age were maybe missing out on. Yeah, but it like it brought me closer to wanting to be a songwriter myself and kind of take grab hold of like I don't know the reins of my own career creatively. Right.
0: But but also at this point, thankfully, on some level, I mean, I imagine it has to be kind of devastating that, or at least to accept the fact that you know you're not selling can't mm-hmm. feel great. But you're also acting. But I
1: didn't ever really sell... Like, I never made any money from music. I never really found any acclaim. I never went on tour.
0: But a lot of people know who you are. You think that's more from the movies?
1: I I think it's probably more from the acting side of things uh-huh. and, than musically. Uh-huh. Um, I think the music sort of um, was a supplement to what I was doing on the acting side. Yeah. Like, it was a nice balance. Yeah. Music's always what I've been kind of more passionate about, so I was happy to have some semblance of it in my life but I didn't lean on it too heavily thinking like this is my only source of income this is my right. only source of creativity
0: yeah you know? so uh, so after coverage you leave what epic
1: yeah I left Sony I went to Warner Brothers for a second and then that didn't work out I started making a record with them and that didn't work out really and then I just went off and like made my own record and like my management company at the time put it out and this was like two thousand seven. Wild Hope. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How'd that do?
1: Um, it did okay. I think I never really, to, to be quite honest, like I never kept track of stuff. I can't I,
0: find the last record. You can't? No.
1: Amanda Lee. Yeah, come find it. Oh man, it's
0: not on Apple Music. Why is that? I don't know. It's weird because I was thinking like that's the one. It's There's
1: cool. It. It's <laughs> by far my favorite. Yeah. Do you know Mike Viola?
0: Do I? I you don't think so. You would
1: love his music. Yeah. He's a really good friend of mine, an incredible musician. You should he put out a, a record last year called The American Egypt that's will blow your mind. Yeah. But I made my record with him. This is like two thousand and nine. Yeah. And uh I, I felt like that was Artistically, again, it was like I could, do, I could, like we could do our Todd Rundgren song, we could do our Joni song, we could do our McCartney song. We yeah, could, like I, we just had so. But not
0: much covers, fun. just style. No, no,
1: stylistically, yeah.
0: You're a Todd Rundgren person. Yeah,
1: I'm not like a huge fan. It's but a lot there. It's a, it's pretty hit or miss for me.
0: There's a lot there. Yeah. But it's interesting. There's people that I talk to who I know, who I respect, but I don't necessarily know the whole thing. With musicians, it's like you might like two records, and then they've done. Fifty. Yeah. So you're like, well, how many do I got? to Listen to that kind of I...
1: describes my relationship with his music.
0: Right. Yeah. Like Runt get...
1: something anything like, but beyond that, it's a little.
0: But you, yeah, in McCartney, of course, you got. I love, love McCartney. McCartney. How can you not? So yeah. you and Viola did a, a trip where you were conscious of the styles you were yes. trying to sort of touch at. Very much. So. I don't know why I couldn't find the record. I think I'll you
1: should, I'll, I'll get you a copy next. You time. should talk
0: to some people about that. Yeah. So, but. The movies keep happening.
1: Yes. Ish. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I keep saying ish, but uh, they, I would say like 2008 is sort of the year that things sort of, uh, like 2008, 2009 is when I sort of took maybe more of a conscious step back and like slowed down a little bit. I got married in 2009 and that's when things really sort of quieted down for me.
0: Quieted down career-wise?
1: Yes. Personally?
0: Personally?
1: Not so much, but 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 um, professionally, <laughs> yes. And it, that was a conscious decision because I had been going since I was fifteen. And but
0: what was the, what was that? What was your reflection like? I mean, like because you'd done well, you hadn't done Rapunzel, you hadn't done. You that did. came
1: like ver- at the beginning of my uh, marriage. I started that oh, in like two thousand and nine. It didn't come out until twenty ten. But right. yeah.
0: So, but like when you're sitting there saying you're ref- you, you know you're taking a break or you're going to reflect a little bit. What, what was your feeling about who you were at that point?
1: Um, I think it coincided with a period of growth where I didn't feel understood by the industry and maybe yeah. I didn't understand myself. Yeah. I felt like I kept coming up against a wall of like people see me in one regard. Which in one, was what? One light. Um, I think the roles that I was getting offered or that people sort of tended to think of me for were, you know, the, the girl next door, which is yeah. lovely and is very much a facet of my personality. But I was frustrated that that people were closed-minded and couldn't sort of see me as anything but that.
0: You wanted to challenge yourself? Yeah. What were you looking to do, though? Do you anything.
1: Want... Anything left of center. I, I mean, like...
0: Drug I, addicts. Sure. Uh,
1: all of it. Uh, all of it. Uh,
0: corporate... Uh, uh, leaders, presidents.
1: <laughs> I hadn't really thought so much in that direction, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, I was just open to right. to whatever the world sort of was like. Oh, that, that would be an interesting turn for her, and it wasn't really coming.
0: Well, you must have pretty good representation. They seem to keep you working. You've worked all yeah.
1: Day. No, I, I have. It's yeah. it's been pretty steady, but I also my parents were getting divorced. How old were you? Twenty three. Oh, it was really? really dramatic and traumatic for me. Yeah, my mom left my father for a woman, and it was completely surprising. And it sort of coincided in a year where I had a lot. I had uh, this movie with Diane Keaton coming out. I had that record Wild Hope coming out. I had another movie coming out, and I was touring. It was like maybe the busiest year I'd ever really had. And it all sort of happened over the Christmas break right before the year started. And She came out? She, mm, I ended up finding a letter from her that she wasn't, in, it was like a therapy exercise that she wasn't intending to send to us. are at the house? Mm-hmm, on her computer.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Because I had like bought her a laptop and I was setting up her laptop for her for Christmas. Right. And I saw this letter in her like, you know, draft folder. Yeah. And, uh... I didn't know what to do, and so I sort of confronted her after the holidays and told her that I had read it, and uh, it just, <laughs> it was re- really dramatic, but You were I, the
0: only one who knew?
1: No, I told my younger brother.
0: And, and, and were you guys... We
1: were on vacation, and it was... Where? We were in... I think North Carolina. The whole family? The whole family. We were on Christmas vacation. And
0: you had this information.
1: I, ha- I found this information, like sitting in the same room as my parents.
0: And you're like 23.
1: Yeah. And I didn't know what to do with it, so I kind of like put the computer and th- down.
0: Basically, the information was I've been having an affair with I've been having woman. an affair
1: on your father. I'm in love with this woman. Hmm. And uh, I feel so bad. I've kind of talked about it before, but... Um, uh, and... Essentially, like, I'm I'm going to be leaving your father, and yeah, wow. I, I didn't, I, I literally just sort of, like, glanced at it, and sort of, like, words kind of jumped out at me, but I didn't sit there, like, reading it. And there was a whole
0: entire shift. There was so much
1: to process. An entire shift, yeah. I, I ran upstairs, my brother followed me, because he could sense that something was wrong, I told him what was going on, oh, and I was like, we have to go down and... And say something to them. They were like literally across, like sitting on the other couch, not, watching TV in front of us.
0: Not just to her, to them. To them, you, my you parents, g-
1: my parents were both there. Not the, not my mom's partner.
0: No, no, but I mean, you were, you were gonna, you, you were gonna yeah. be the way your dad was gonna find out.
1: No, no, I, oh. I, he knew. He, that's what it had indicated in oh. the letter that oh. he, that my dad knew, and they were sort of trying to figure out the terms oh, of what wow. their relationship was yeah. going to look like, and. And so I was like ready to go down and confront them. And my brother, you know, thank goodness was like, I don't think that's the right way to handle this. My younger brother, (laughs) he's like, you know, dad seems like, haven't you noticed that he's, he's like, he's really sort of like taking in this vacation. I think he knows that this is perhaps the last time we're all going to be together as a family. Let, let him have this time. And so I had to go through like two or three more days of this vacation, knowing this information, and that's pretty like, intuitive. So angry of at my mom. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: But it's very intuitive of your brother. It's interesting. It really was.
1: Yeah, he's he's a sensitive, thoughtful guy. And it was the right move. And we we like sat out the rest of the, the family vacation. And and then it after the vacation is when I sort of confronted them, confronted I, my mom.
0: How did that go? Like, um, I mean, what did you say?
1: I just said I, I I found that letter on the laptop and she was shocked and mm. didn't obviously want me to find out that way. She was planning on sitting down and telling us in person and wanted to wait until like after the holidays. Yeah. Um, but I I I wasn't equipped emotionally to sort of like figure out how to compartmentalize it. Like I I, I just I didn't exactly. I just I didn't know how to handle it other than to feel. Um, it wasn't that my mother was leaving my father for a woman. It was that my mother was leaving my father. Right. I, they had been together since high school. They'd been married for 30 years. Mm. I, like, I was one of the only people in my orbit that, like, whose parents were still together, so I had like yeah. a sense of pride about that. Sure. So that was what was so devastating, and mm. that my mom had had this affair, could have been with anybody. Um, right. So I, I spent a whole year kind of icing her out, which was terrible, but I didn't know what else to do.
0: And did, uh, did that relationship succeed?
1: Yes, they're still together.
0: Wow. Yeah. So she knew. She
1: knew. Yeah. <laughs> they've been together ever since. And my dad, like six months later, met um, my stepmom. And they're together. And they're t- they've been together, yeah,
0: and just as long. Do they talk to each other? They
1: do, Yeah. They were all at my wedding, and I saw my, <laughs> I saw my stepmom and my mom like on the dance floor together, and really, yeah, my dad and my mom's partner dancing together. So it's, I don't think they talk often, but right. you know, but it's there's, not they have three. It's not acrimonious; they have three children together, so
0: and they're happier,
1: so much happier.
0: <laughs> it's
1: crazy how that happens in life.
0: Life, yeah, yeah.
1: They're they're with who they're meant to be with. Yeah, they're like more fully realized, more content. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: painful these transitions and people get hurt. Necessary. Yeah, it's hard to make those choices. You know, it is. Uh, And like, how were you brought up, uh, religious wise?
1: Uh, somewhat Catholic, but like fair weather catholic
0: but were you were, would you say your fair parents were progressive because like what, was it the fact that she w- was with a woman sort of like what it
1: was it was surprising but not um no one was like judgmental about it and both of my brothers are gay as well
0: oh okay so it's and they so, had
1: come out at that point before right. my mom had so it wasn't um it wasn't sho- It was shocking, just in like on, on the surface.
0: But right, but you weren't a conservative family. No, right. no, no, oh, no yeah, not at all. Not right, right, and both your folks are Catholic.
1: No, my dad never went to church with us. It was always my mom's side.
0: She's Catholic. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: She's half. She was half Catholic, half Jewish. Huh. My grandmother was Catholic, and my grandfather was Jewish.
0: Did you know them?
1: I did. Yeah. 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 My my uh, my see, mother's I- parents, I knew. My father's parents died when I was really little.
0: So you knew your Jewish grandfather? I did, Was he like classic Jewish grandfather? I I
1: mean, he died when I was eight, Uh. so I didn't get to know him. Like, I mean, I have vague memories of him, but I mean, I guess. She was
0: brought up Catholic.
1: She celebrated like Hanukkah and Christmas is how she always put it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Well, this is all very uh, exciting. (laughs) And then, and then... (laughs) Right around this time with the movies and everything else, then he start the relationship with Ryan. Mm-hmm. That time,
1: like the next year, yeah.
0: Did did you find that the emotional upheaval of all that stuff did did it did that play into you gravitating? It was
1: the largest factor of huh. you know when you feel out of control in a situation. I can't control my immediate family, and the fact that like this particular situation sort of blew us up in a way.
0: Yeah. So For I how was. Long? Like, For like a year, you said? Or, um, you
1: know? I mean, kind of indefinitely. Like, it's yeah. never, it's fractured us in a way that we'll right. never be the same, obviously. We won't, we don't spend holidays all together right, anymore. Right. I like, get it. It's, and I guess that's sort of an inevitability anyway as you get older and you have your own family. So I guess I kind of just thought, well, I'll, I'll create my own family. I'll start my own family. Yeah.
0: My, my life seems out of control and this guy seems way out of control. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> In retrospect, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like I'm, I'm not here to uh, to to throw no, Ryan no, no, under no, the no, bus, no. but it's just that you know, like all, from everything I've heard about him, yeah. he's notoriously his reputation
1: precedes him. Sure. It does,
0: it does. Yeah. A bit. But yeah. but uh, but that's interesting because the trauma of that experience at the age you were at is is not completely you know like uh, emotionally life threatening, but mm-hmm. it is trauma. It is trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it is sort of a a kind of like, you know, like what what else didn't I know and like, you know, what was it all a lie kind of stuff. Absolutely.
1: And, you reevaluate your entire life and upbringing uh-huh. and yeah. yeah. So this was like my way of of steadying myself.
0: Did you but did you ever talk to your mother about what, what, like was this a surprise to her. Yes, it was. Of
1: course. I right. mean, I talked to her like at the, the end of that year, uh-huh. and it it was a surprise to her. It wasn't something she was looking for. It was wasn't. She likes to say that she's she's not into labels, so she she just fell in love with this person, and it, she could have been a woman or a man. What
0: and, does that person do?
1: Um, she is a tennis instructor. They live in Sedona.
0: Oh, they live in Arizona. They moved nice. from Florida to, to
1: Arizona. I
0: know. Red rocks.
1: Lots of red rocks.
0: And crystals and, and hiking. Uh, like minded and...
1: people.
0: Yep. The, the one place in Arizona where there might be like minded
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yes. The one little dot of blue. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Well, that's so, so, so now, like you, after that, that's, that's what brought on the sort of like, I got to, I've got to figure out where I'm at in my life. Mm-hmm. And you meet Ryan Ware.
1: We met on tour. I was um, in Minneapolis and he was in Minneapolis and I remember we Great were city. love Minneapolis. I love it. Love. And we were driving in and one of the guys in my band was like, Hey, Ryan Adams and the Cardinals is playing at that theater and I didn't know his music really. Sure. But the band was really excited and well, we well, were Well, he's
0: a band's band he's, he's like a, band's a, a musician's musician. Sure. Yeah.
1: So we were playing really early mm. that day. And we reached out to his people to see if we could go to the show.
0: You were playing really early, like why? Because for kids,
1: no, it was. Yeah, I think it was like an um like an all ages show or something. So I think like we were done by eight o'clock or something. So we managed to be able to go to his show, and I remember we sat in the audience and and it was good. But I, it was like the stage was really dark and they were, I remember in like a semicircle and I didn't even know which one was Ryan, but I was like, wow, that, that was great. They're tight. They were tight. Yeah. And afterwards we got sort of ushered into this area where they said we were going to meet the band. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And at the time, my friend um, Chris Stills, his dad is Steven Stills. He was he was on tour and opening up for us, and he's like, "You still I'm, friends with him?" I haven't seen Chris in forever. I wonder how
0: his dad's doing.
1: I wonder how his dad's doing. I to think you. his dad
0: was losing his hearing last. No I heard. way. Yeah, that's what I heard. Oh. What, Steve still is one of the great voices.
1: Ama- well, Chris right? sounds exactly like his father. He's got an incredible is, voice. Is
0: he still doing it?
1: He is. Yeah, he's still making music. I
0: gotta get hip to that. Um, yeah. Okay, so... So
1: he he's like, I know Ryan. I worked with Ryan on one of his records or something. Yeah. And someone comes back to us... While we're standing there waiting for... The rest of the band comes out, but no Ryan. Mm. They're like, he felt like he had a really bad show and he doesn't want to meet anybody. I was like, oh, okay. I'm like <laughs> a kid. I'm like, I don't... Yeah. Know. Okay, fine. That's my guy. <laughs> the so guy. they tell us to go. If we want to say hi to him, we can go on the bus. Uh-huh. So we, um, we... Chris and I are like, okay. So we hop on the bus and Ryan's back there and he's on his laptop and he has these glasses on and crazy hair and like a flannel shirt. And he shows us some ridiculous movie he's made on his laptop called, like, Pizza Ninja or Uh something that he made with his bandmates on his digital camera. Okay. And I'm telling you, I was just like, this is, this guy is the most bizarre person, but his (laughs) mind, I am, I've never met anyone like him. Yeah. And as a 23-year-old impressionable young woman. That's how
0: old you were, I was
1: really taken by him. Yeah. Yeah. I just, like, I had never met someone who had that lens on the world. Uh huh. And
0: Blew your mind.
1: Blew my mind. And you were I mean, in. just just he was so unabashedly like himself, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And I left and I remember turning to Chris and I was like, I really like
0: him. Uh-huh.
1: And he was like uh-huh. kind of <laughs> a little <laughs> <laughs> kinda of told me, like, you know what? He's, How old is um, he at that time? Oh my gosh, he's ten years older than right. me. So okay. he was like in his yeah. mid thirties.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and but he, that was it. You that were was smitten.
1: It. I was a smitten. And then you started
0: dating somehow.
1: Yeah, shortly there, a couple months after that. Yeah, we're we out started here. Dating. He lived in New York, uh-huh. so we sort of dated. Like I would go to New York,
0: and you were night. living out here then.
1: I was living out here. Yeah, I've been out here the whole time.
0: The whole time mm-hmm. since what?
1: Ninety nine.
0: Since the first record. Mm-hmm. So, you marry Ryan, mm-hmm. and as you look back on it in terms of your own creativity i mean i imagine musically it must have been a bit intimidating
1: yes yes and no um yeah. i mean without getting too into the weeds he he is an incredibly like prolific writer yeah. he's constantly writing constantly yeah. writing music and poetry i think and that's
0: how he stays sane
1: yeah i i, if, I, if I he guess is sane. i just i think that i don't that's, know him i think I'm, that's his mm-hmm. um that's just where he operates. Yeah, that's right. where he feels comfortable. It's it, it's ingrained in the fiber of who he is. If he's not creating, he's not himself. Right, right. Um, so it was intimidating, but also it became the norm. Yeah. So after a while that kind of faded and you're like, oh, this is just my husband and he's writing another song. Like it's yeah. not that big of a deal.
0: And what were you doing?
1: I was living my life for him. Mm. yeah
0: well yeah. codependency action yeah taking care of the uh
1: taking care of being the mother Uh uh-huh. yeah
0: yeah and that that becomes
1: it's an it... entirely unhealthy dynamic
0: well yeah because you you lose yourself oh i and... had
1: no sense of self i was imperceptible i was so small uh-huh. in my own world yeah
0: it's interesting now did you find that can you identify that dynamic in your parents? or do you, No. It, it just it was a surprise, the the kind of in, uh, enabling uh, trying to control the person thing or trying to take care of somebody who doesn't quite take care of themselves.
1: Yeah. I think a little bit of all of that. Mm-hmm. It made me feel worthy. Yeah. It made me feel like I had value if I could be there for somebody else oh. and serve their needs, you know? Because I think it, like... <laughs> Not to go down again a rabbit hole with like therapy, but I think it goes back to feeling undeserving of what I've had in my life, huh. you know, as a yeah. young person and finding success. And right. I think there was part of me that's like, okay, well, this part of my life is, I'm okay to not live for myself right now. This I've had guy needs of me. That. He needs me, yeah, and I know how to do that. I yeah. know how this person who who's estranged from their family, like I can show them what it's like to have a normal life uh-huh. and to celebrate yeah. birthdays and holidays and go on vacations. And,
0: and this is after your family is shattered.
1: After my fa- exactly, it's You're, like let's do this together. And I thought that that's how it was going to sort of unfold, but it so didn't.
0: you ended up a depleted husk of a person.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Essentially,
0: yeah, just sort of like <laughs> devoid of self and devoid kind of, of self. running into things like a codependency, sort of bottom hitting. You know, you know, sometimes you know people get clumsy, they wreck cars, they you know because no. you were no good. I didn't do that. Yeah,
1: Um I think it like it it my codependency fed into his codependency and some other issues, underlying issues that like it was just the perfect cacophony of. Yeah. Of madness. Yeah. But and it you, really was I was so not serving myself.
0: And and what was the moment where you were like,
1: God, yeah, I gotta get out? I felt I felt like I was drowning. No. Oh. yeah. I just it was so untenable and unsustainable, yeah. and I was so lonely. Oh. I was so sad. I was so. Because he was away
0: all the time, or you were lonely with him.
1: I was lonely with him. Oh,
0: it's the worst.
1: The worst. There's nothing worse. So I. Yeah, I... because
0: like part of you detaches, and they're just this talking thing there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, talking yeah. And you're like, that's talking again. Yeah. What am I doing? You're thinking about being other places, and
1: I just I knew that this wasn't the rest yeah. of my life. I knew that this was not the person I was supposed to be with. I was not the person I was meant to be.
0: Was there a lot of drama? Yeah. Like yelling and screaming and stuff? Yeah. Mm.
1: And I am not a dramatic person. I'm not a fighter.
0: Did you become one?
1: I would try to fight back, but I'm not. Yeah. I I, I hate confrontation. I Mm. shrink from it. I avoid it at all costs. I'm not good at it. And
0: you're living with it.
1: And I lived with it. And I'm just like, it, it's just not built in the fiber of who I am. I'm not good at it. I don't, I can't find my words.
0: Yeah. So did you just, did you, were you like, I'm done?
1: Kind of. Yeah. If it were only that easy, but <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately it was not. I'm, it just was a lot of, of endless conversations. Crying? Conversations in a loop, crying. Ugh. Yeah. All of that. Oh. Yeah. For months and months and months and months and months, even after... Yeah. Filing for divorce. Yeah.
0: Sorry you went through that.
1: Thank you. It's okay. It's all part of it.
0: And I what, needed it. How long were you with him?
1: Almost seven years.
0: Oh, so that's a long run.
1: It's a long run.
0: So that like so you you know, for about three and a half it's great. And then you know, for about three it's just like oh and then for about a half it's like I might kill myself.
1: <laughs> More or less, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've had I had two seven, eight year ones. Wow. Where you know, where it's, it's weird because you realize at some point in the middle of those things where you're like, I shouldn't be, this shouldn't keep going. No. And then you just It's not like,
1: fair to anybody. Yeah. And
0: then it goes on for years more. Oh man. Yeah. What'd you do when you got out?
1: Um, six months later I got This Is Us.
0: Oh, so that just, so this is relatively fresh.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, it's three, three, three years. years, right? Right. Yeah, right. three and a half years. But in
0: the span I mean, of a it's, lifetime, I mean, it's
1: crazy though. Like when you're not putting yourself, when you're not prioritizing yourself, yeah, and your needs in life, no, I couldn't get traction with anything. I was trying so desperately. I was like, "All I want." Before Ryan, with Ryan, I was like, "All I want is to be able to do a television show, hopefully here in Los Angeles. Have a nice
0: job. Have a nice job. Insurance. Yeah. Well,
1: I can just like I can come home every night. I my husband's here and he'll be on the road. Yes, I desperately wanted a family.
0: Boy, did you dodge a bullet!
1: Yeah, I think I think my I just innately knew like let's wait for things to settle down and find some even ground before uh, I venture ever, into that. Do
0: you ever think about that? Oh like, yeah, yeah, all the time. I mean, well, I'm yeah. just
1: glad, as everyone said, like you're so lucky that you didn't have children because you're forever tied to that person, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be mm-hmm. at all. So, um, so now
0: you're back, fresh slate. So now,
1: so now it's a fresh slate. And but
0: so, would you call that time though, like career-wise, were you? Because you'd made this decision to sort of lock into something emotionally that you could at least, I don't know if control is the right word, but rebuild for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And you kind of prioritize that over everything.
1: I did. And I didn't really have a choice. I knew that I couldn't be in that relationship. It wouldn't sustain itself. If yeah. I was working as well, because there would be glimmers of that, of me. I would do little jobs. It's not like I completely stopped working, right. but I would do things here or there, but it became abundantly clear while I was working. Things would completely fall apart at home. Really? Yeah. So it it showed me. In what way? It just, you know, if you're not there to take care of someone, essentially. Who needs like, that? Who needs it? Then every, Emotionally, you, like, literally.
0: So you get estranged inside a week. Yeah. Like you come home and you're like, what's, well, you know. Or the,
1: just like endless, I mean, I hate to be so personal, but it's like endless, like I couldn't do my job because right. there was just a constant stream of of trying to pay attention to this person who yeah. needed me yeah. and who wouldn't let me do right. anything else because. That's rough. Yeah, it was.
0: So you're kind of, uh, you were kind of stifled.
1: It, completely. Hostage
0: so, situation. So
1: it was like, I knew that. I wouldn't, I even had my, my best friend at the time was like, you will not be able to work or find any semblance of success while you're in this marriage. Oof. And I remember sort of like poo-pooing her at the time, but also kind of
0: wow. quietly agreeing. Yeah, real. And
1: and so I'm telling you those six months after I filed for divorce and the, the divorce was final. I I got the show. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean. Yeah, I guess you were emotionally ready. I was ready. You had a lot of stuff.
1: <laughs> I had a lot of baggage to bring yeah. to the table. A lot of stuff. Lots inside. of tears right yeah. underneath the multi
0: generational tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had enough emotional baggage to span three generations. Yes. That's what we do. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that, i I'm, I'm glad you. It's one of those things where you, you know, you, you, and I have them too in my life, where you have these relationships that, if you really just think, like, just one or two things could have happened, and, whew, that, that road would have been rough,
1: <laughs> entirely different, yeah.
0: So, yeah. and the show got how many? What was the audition process like for This Is Us? Um, they age you really well. You do a good job with it. It's thanks. The inter- they do
1: a great job, right?
0: Well, it's the interesting thing about you and like the the uh, small amount of research that I did was that it seems that you you were able to you know stand out in a lot of the roles you did in, in movies that may not have been great thanks yeah I, I mean like bec- well it seems like you know for someone like Roger Ebert to consistently like you hmm. in things that he didn't like I mean that's a tough audience and so a tough audience, yeah <laughs> but it, he did didn't he yeah and so you have uh, you know a unique thing as a as an actress, and uh, this is great that you can really kind of work the whole range of it yeah but did you just were they looking for you or did you have to was no, it
1: a, I auditioned like I, it was a
0: big process
1: mm-hmm. It was one of those pilots that was what they call off cycle uh-huh. so I remember it was like November. Usually, you know, pilot season here in this town is like January to April or something. Now all the time
0: now. Well, yeah, yeah. with
1: the different streaming right. platforms and stuff, but like traditional network right. pilot season is what, the beginning was it? of the was year. It
0: February? Yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah, it's like January to April right. or something. Yeah. So I auditioned in November, and I was at the beginning of the audition process, and they, the feedback was like, they really liked you, but now they're going to go to New York and Chicago and, you know, read a bunch of other girls. So I didn't hear anything for about six weeks.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And then they came back and said, um, you know, we'd love to read you and a handful of other girls with a bunch of guys that we're considering and, uh, and just, you know, prepare your sides. And right. I did. And I went in and the only guy I read with was Milo. And I felt good about that because I heard going in, like, he's the guy to beat. Right. They love him. Yeah. Everybody wants him to get the part. Yeah. So oh, um, that's
0: so harsh. That's it's such the a, worst. That process of pleasing studio executives and reading in front of like a room full of just judgy faces. I get like
1: flop sweat. I can't. Just I'm thinking about worst, it. the worst. The worst. Testing yeah. for that stuff. The oh, worst.
0: Yeah. What I'm, a I'm terrible
1: problem. in the room too. You are? Yeah. I just, I feel like. I'm like, just give me the part. I can do it. Like just I'll show up on set and I'll show you. But just believe just, me. Just but trust me, okay? But it's like being terrible yeah. at standardized tests, but knowing yeah. that you have the capacity to like do sure. the work. Sure. And I just auditions suck.
0: Oh, you must have been so happy to get it. How I long did it go on thrilled. for that Uh
1: the, the audition?
0: Well the process.
1: Um it was like uh, probably 100%. another month. Oof. Yeah. That's
0: yeah. a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Now did you like when you read the pilot, were you like, Oh, this is good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I
1: did. Cuz uh, I I remember I had just signed with a new agent and we had talked a lot about like let's well, not do traditional pilot season cuz I had done it like the
0: business is going in different directions.
1: Totally, but also I'd like done it three or four times and yeah. had been disappointed and my pilots hadn't gotten picked up and I was so just like shattered. Yeah. And 2 weeks after that meeting, I get this like script for an NBC pilot called the Untitled Dan Fogelman Project. And Uh I was like, what? We just talked about like not doing network pilot season. And, uh, but I knew my, I knew my, my folks were, you know, on it. And of course I read it and immediately was like, this is, this is incredible writing. And And I left the door and the concept, it left the door wide open to go like in a million different directions. Yeah. So I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah.
0: And you are. Yeah. But it's it's and it's like a it's a tremendous hit on a network uh, show, and that doesn't happen that much anymore.
1: I you think know, I think it's a, we're a dying breed. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of right. We are. No, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and and it keeps winning all these prizes because it's so emotional. <laughs> People are acting the shit out of it.
1: Trying our best.
0: I tell Sullivan I'm sorry if I upset uh, I'll, him. I'll let didn't him know. I apologize? I you, like did, I didn't
1: you did. Know. You did. You did.
0: I mean, I know who he is now because I've watched the show a few times. <laughs> he's very good in it. He's funny.
1: He's yeah. the best.
0: Yeah, he's great. And he was also on that thing on HBO, right? The He uh,
1: was. Uh, he was also on The Nick, which I haven't seen, but everybody raves about.
0: But, okay, so you never made a record. You were on Ryan's record, but you guys never did a record together. You did, no. never did any of his songs, No, or anything.
1: no, no. But I would sing on his records, yeah.
0: It's weird that he never wrote enough songs for you. <laughs> okay, so. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no comment.
0: But you, you're, you are going to return to music. I this am. Is some, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what are your ideas about that for yourself?
1: Um, I mean, I think the great thing about not having any sort of expectation yeah. from the outside world is it gives you the utmost freedom to do whatever you want.
0: Are you in the studio?
1: I'm going to during our hiatus.
0: And you're writing songs.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a good handful. Yeah. Right now. Yeah.
0: And how are they? Are, are they personal? How are they different? How are you-
1: <laughs> yeah, they're very personal. But I, I mean. I feel like I've lived a life in the last ten years. I have plenty to say. Yeah, I think I've also like.
0: Sounds like you could write a country record.
1: I could write a country record. <laughs> it is. It'll be like a nouveau country record. And, uh-huh. Yeah, you know, be like a sure. Jason Isbell record. No. Yeah. Um, How but, good is that guy? Uh, I love Jason.
0: Such a great guy. He
1: really is. Have you had him in? Here? I
0: have. That was that was a big show. Oh my god!
1: I got to listen to that one. I
0: was in that. That's a great thing because. Not unlike most things, like I had to catch up on him, but we were in Minneapolis uh, together. Like we were both on that, that live radio show Wits. (gasps)
1: Oh, wow.
0: So like I took that opportunity to interview him. So he had been on the road and he performed on, you know, I did uh, comedy or whatever I did on that show and he sang. And then that night I was going to record him because I got a thing that I travel with when I do him on the road. Mm -hmm. And I was in, it was like 1230 at night, we were in a hotel room and I was, and he was you know beat you know from the road and sure but we had this great conversation and then he performed that song elephant oh but like literally i was in the hotel room God, i could holding,
1: cry thinking about I
0: it. i was holding a mic to his mouth <sighs> and holding one to the guitar while he's saying that in front of him and i recorded it like that and that it, was, it was intense man
1: he's so special he's such a special writer
0: no kidding yeah Oh. So
1: yeah, such a talent. He he went on tour with Ryan and I met him then this was years yeah. ago.
0: With his band then? The, what no. Was
1: it, he the wasn't like Yeah, he was solo. It you was, choked he up and, from that. Just I thinking mean, about just that thinking song. about that song. I, know, I remember because Ryan was gonna produce that record at one point in time, it was a whole thing. But yeah. so I heard those demos. Oh yeah. And just yeah. remember thinking like Oof. and watching him play some of them on stage. Like yeah. it was he's he's an artist for this oh, yeah. generation it's just too. great. Like, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you should get him involved in your record. <laughs> see, if, see if Jason will come out and do it, I too. Mean,
1: I mean, uh, he's a he's a busy gentleman. And uh, I want to work with my husband. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The, I... the one that wants to work with you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I, 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 I want to make music with Taylor. I want to make music with Mike. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have like a whole... B- like Blake, like there's so many friends of ours. That, yeah. That, um, well, that
0: Dawes world is a, is a whole world unto itself.
1: It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I They're mean, there's all... a whole, there's such an incredible scene of like young musicians here in Los Angeles. Oh, no kidding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. To tap into. Yeah. Blake's great. He's Blake's, great. Yeah. He's, he's a prodigy. Kind of, he's a genius. Yeah. He's a genius. Great producer. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm excited to to hear what songs you have about your life. Yeah. When what's the uh, what are you thinking? When are you going to get that?
1: I mean, our hiatus is like March through June, so hopefully, we have something out this year.
0: And you got a studio at the house?
1: No, you don't. Really? We'll go to like go to like East West or some cool studio out here and
0: get some of the it. fellas.
1: Yeah, get some of the fellas and, and
0: do the record. Do it up. We'll bring some ladies too, if you can. Sure. It's yeah, fine. We'll, we'll include them too. Okay, good. Yeah. Good talking to you, Mandy. You too. Thanks for this. Yep. <laughs> Okay, that was that was fu- that was great. We dished a bit. Okay, you know she dished a bit, you know. But uh, relationships are tough, man. Crazy and sometimes um, fucked up. But uh, it was nice to learn more about her. This is Us is the show she's on, obviously, and of course many people love it. Uh, airs Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on NBC. And don't forget, grab yourself a vinyl copy of my stand-up special, Too Real, as well as posters, T-shirts, mugs, books. Whatever at podswag.com/wtf or click on the merch link at wtfpod.com. Also, tour dates wtfpod.com/tour. Uh, I'm going to be in the UK, and I'll, I'll shortly be announcing a, a, a few club dates here in the states. All right, so let's let's play some guitar with my Echo Plex and my Wah Wah pedal. Boomer Lives!